The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And Adam's trying to keep it alive. Pulisic is in! And the giant Lopez makes the save. Now Dumfries. Klassen bursting in there. But a chance which is beautifully taken. Well, however fit he is, Memphis Depay always capable of making an impact. They've been under pressure from the start, but there's the release. Klassen finds Dumfries. Nice to stay on side. Oh! Well, it's wing back to wing back. Daly Blind sweeps it home. And the Dutch inside to the quarterfinals, and he might. But he's running to the bench in jubilation. It's confident play by De Jong, but that's blind from Depay. Hadji Wright can't squeeze it in. Pulisic, this is promising. And the ball is dangerous, it is! Well, Hadji Wright was in there on the near post, and it's game on! The United States live again! De Jong, De Jong now to blend. Four in the area for the Dutch. One in! And Dumfries has done it! America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was the foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me. You are listening to part two of your round of 16 preview here for the World Cup on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. That account is finally back up and running so we can tweet about the World Cup on that Twitter account. So make sure you follow it. Once again, it's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my Twitter account. I am at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. The pin tweet on that account is now the PL for lockbetting.com's month of November. So we have swapped it from October to November. So you can see the PL as the pin tweet for November on that Twitter account at lockbetting.com. That was the 114th month in a row of Transparent Track Profit. Uh, December's made a red hot start. That's where you can get all of my World Cup picks. 
And uh, that's where we went 11-2 and two in the NFL this week for week 13. So sign up to get all of my official plays. So moving on with the World Cup, before we look at the last four games in the round of 16, the games happening on Monday and Tuesday, let's look back at the USA. I still think this was a decent tournament despite the exit. They did not play the same way in that round of 16 game. I was surprised to see the goals that he conceded. I was surprised to see the gaps they left at the back. They still played high-intensity football. They were the better team for the first 10 minutes. And had Christian Pulisic scored that chance, then uh, the USA perhaps would be going through. Perhaps it would have been a different game. Perhaps they would have put men behind the ball and made it really difficult for the Dutch. But ultimately, that didn't happen. And ultimately, that has been the USA's problem. I think in order to do much better at 2026, they do need to solve this striker crisis. They do need to take these chances. They do need to find a number nine. They do need to find a superstar. And then USA can get far. Obviously, they'll be helped by the fact that... um, When they go to the 2026 World Cup, they will be a seeded team. So they won't have an England in their group. So they'll have a chance of winning the group. And that will mean that they can avoid a Holland in the round of 16. So a quarterfinal seems like an optimistic and realistic goal for the US in 2026. But if they want to do any better than that, and they want to go any further than that, and they really should be aiming to do better with the population that the USA have and with the number of people that they have playing football, they should be aiming to go a little bit further. But I think quarterfinals are realistic. And maybe even beyond that, if they can find themselves a number nine, somebody that can put the ball in the back of the net. But overall, unlike the US media, I do grade this as a successful tournament. When you look at the teams that USA had to play in the group, uh, I think Iran are very difficult to beat. I think Wales have tournament pedigree. In England, look, we've seen that England have taken everybody apart. England beating everybody by at least three goals. They beat the African champions yesterday comfortably 3-0. They smashed around 6-2. They beat Wales 3-0. They struggled against the USA. That's a phenomenal achievement for the US. So as I said, whereas the, the US media think that they should have and were entitled to reach the round of 16, I think coming through a tough group is a good achievement. Yes, against the Dutch, they froze. It did not look like the USA in the group stages. Defensively, they were carved apart. They did not look as organised. Louis van Gaal, an experienced manager, came up with a good good game plan against them. But overall, I think it was a good tournament. I think it can be deemed as a success. And I think the USA can do well at 2026, but they will need to make some improvements. They will definitely need to be more clinical when when they are in front of goal. And I think a number nine is definitely going to help if they can find one between now and the start of that tournament. I just want to say about the United States. I think after the non-qualification, the Federation and I think the MLS tried to improve uh, the way of thinking and the, the, the gap that they have to, uh, uh, to, um, uh, to how do you say, to fill uh, comparing to other nations. The United States is a big country. You have more than 30 million kids playing for, for soccer, where in France, for example, you have only 2 million. I guess it's, uh, it's something like that in England. You have all the players that you need to find the right team within like maybe 4 years, maybe 8 years, maybe 12 years. But if you don't go for the right thoughts and the right the right direction you're going to be wrong everywhere it's definitely trending in the right direction Stevie. absolutely 100 percent. what you have now is a core listen every club team every successful club team has a core and then you add to it and it's hard to get an international football but that's exactly what they've got through this qualification through this world cup 
We've now got a goalkeeper that could be there for the next 10 years. You've got the, the three players in the middle of the park that we've been talking about. You've got Pulisic. You know, can you add two or three other players around that? But, but to, 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 to Casey's points, these players, this group, this core, it's not going to make the US a top 10 team. You're not going to be sent to Brazil overnight. That's where you Where do you find your number nine from? That's this. Do you find another? Can we get somebody like Pulisic on the other side? You know, can you get your... You know, Des, again, somebody like Des can be around for another seven, eight years. Can he take the next step? Robinson's going to be around as well. Can he Can he take a next step as well? So, I mean, we've just spoken about seven or eight players who could be your core. Can you find a couple of superstars that will make a huge difference? That's a big ask. That's the problem, isn't it? But that's how everybody starts. Everybody, Every team has to have the core and then you add your stars. He's got to find your stars. <laughs> but the, you, your stars right now, are the players you were naming, they're good, but if we compare with the top, top level in the world rank, they're still far away. So they have to improve. Of course, they are in a good way, in a good, in, in a good path, but they're still far away. You know, if you compare Robinson with uh, the top of the top in the, as, a, as a fullback, you will find like maybe 10 players. He can, he can you know, get there, but he will have to work hard. So let's move on to looking at the four matches taking place across Monday and Tuesday. Before we do that, let me give a shout out here to WinBet. Because if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. If you're looking to get involved in a same-day parlay, WinBet is your home with their WinBet. Build your own bet, letting you customise the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now. WinBet, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're ready to play, sign up today with a special offer. Bet $100, get a $100 free bet. There's so much to choose from. All you need to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Now, the offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions available at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play for winbet is available. You or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. So, moving on with these round of 16 ties. We've seen no upset so far. We've seen um, USA exit the hands of the Netherlands as we've covered. We saw Argentina go through against Australia with no issues. Australia were never in that game. The scoreline flattered them. A deflected goal in the in the final 20 minutes was the reason why they got on the score sheet. But they never looked like scoring other than that. And then on Sunday, we saw dominating performances against France and England, who have looked like the two best teams in the tournament so far, and they will meet in the quarterfinals. So no upsets. Will we get any here? We'll begin with the game between Croatia and Japan, where Croatia are the 10 to 11 favourites. It's 12 to 5 on the draw. And Japan are the 3 to 1 underdogs. Japan are the 13 to 8 underdogs to qualify here, with Croatia at 1 to 2. Croatia are too short for me here as the favourites. I think Japan have a real chance of overcoming Croatia. Croatia would have wanted to play Japan. I think by coming second in their group, you wouldn't expect you wouldn't be expecting to play against Japan. You would not expect Japan to even come through that group, which featured Germany or Spain. So I think Croatia, by finishing second, they wouldn't have been bothered because I think they're expecting to play either one of Germany or Spain, which would have been a tough tie for them. But to get Japan, they'll be feeling lucky. 
I don't see it that way. What I see is a Croatia team that could be on the receiving end of an upset. I could see a Croatia team that would be on the receiving end of a result, which um, won't be appreciated by the, the country and will be the end of this golden generation of Croatia players. But that in itself is the problem. Japan have come to life in the last 30 minutes of games. They've managed to knock Germany out of this competition by beating Germany and beating Spain. Although Spain had a heavily rotated team with many speculating that they wanted to lose that game. So they finished second in the group. So they'd been the other half of the draw where they avoided Croatia and they avoided a um, quarterfinal against Brazil. So now Spain is said to be in this half, the easier half of the draw. I'm not sure I see it that way because Spain knocked Croatia out of the Euros. And when I look at Spain, I look at a better version of Croatia. I see younger players. I see better players. I see just a better version of Croatia. I see a better version of Belgium. And um, I don't know if Spain necessarily, if they did do that, should have decided to be in that half of the draw. Because I think they face a difficult game against Morocco, which we'll talk about when we get to it. And I think likewise, Croatia face a difficult game here against Japan. I think this is in particular a difficult matchup for Croatia because what we saw in the game against Germany and Spain is that we saw this Japan team having more energy, more legs and simply just more in the tank and more to offer in the last 30 minutes. So if Japan can hang around, be it level or be it even a goal behind, they're going to be a live underdog here. I like Japan to cash on the double chance market, which is avoided defeat across the 90 minute period. I like Japan to qualify here as a live dog. And I definitely like Japan to be able to score in this game. Both teams to score is available plus money here at 11 to 10. There's significant value in that given the fact that Japan scored twice against both Germany and Spain, despite being dominated with possession in both clashes, which is going to be the same here. Croatia are going to dominate the ball and Japan are going to have chances late on in the game if they can hang around. And even if they can't, whether it be um, Croatia getting the job done early in Japan, scoring a consolation goal they're still going to create chances here in this game Croatia scored in six straight games heading into the tournament and uh, they beat a Japan team who have conceded in eight straight matches at the World Cup but six of those have seen both teams score so definitely a live selection here on both teams to score at plus 110 I think that's going to be my main selection for this game but ultimately Japan are a live dog particularly against this Croatia team Croatia have the highest average age in the tournament and we're looking at Japan having the advantage in their legs coming up against Spain and Germany that's definitely going to be the case here against Croatia who as I said have the highest average age in the tournament they have top European players and having top European players may not be an advantage here in this tournament when it comes to the later stages particularly when you're coming up against these Asian and African teams who don't necessarily have top European players who have had to deal with the dichotomy of the Champions League and the domestic league because we know because of this World Cup that teams have had to play loads and loads and loads of football to cram the fixtures in. We've seen players playing on Wednesday and then Saturday or Thursday and then Sunday or, or Friday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Saturday or or Thursday and uh, Sunday and Thursday and Monday. It's just it's just been endless. We've been cramming in these fixtures. Some of these players have played up to 25 games before the World Cup since August. So when you're looking at what people have left in their legs 
um, these Japanese players who don't necessarily play for your top Champions League teams or Europa League or even Europa Conference League teams. They've got more left in the tank and we've seen that across all of their games. So this is a bad matchup for Croatia, whereas it looks like it could be who they wanted on paper. This could pose a, a very, very big surprise and that could definitely be the case across all these matches here, apart from the, the Brazil game, which we'll get to next. We haven't seen an underdog yet and that's not been the tone of the World Cup. We've seen all four teams advance comfortably and uh, I don't think we're going to see four favourites advance through. And if you're looking at my top underdog for this round here, I think Japan have a very, very good chance of beating Croatia and I like them at the price of 13 to 8 to advance here in this tie. And I definitely like both teams to score as my main selection, which as I said, is available at plus main at the price of 11 to 10 plus 110. Moving on to your second game here for Monday it is the Brazil game against South Korea, where Brazil are the one to three favourites to get it done in 90 minutes on the money line. South Korea are available at 12 to one, with five to one being offered on the draw. The qualification odds see Brazil here at one to 14 and South Korea here at seven to one. Brazil haven't looked great in any game in this tournament, but they have looked great when they've gone through the gears. I don't really like it when teams rest all their players like Brazil do. I think that's momentum derailing. But I think coming up here against South Korea, who are very, very lucky to be here, Brazil should be able to overcome it. My main selection for this game is to take Brazil on the money line and to tack on the over one and a half goals. That gets you to four to six minus 150. I don't see this being a competitive game. I think Brazil and Argentina have quite cushy roots en route to each other, although Argentina do have to overcome the Dutch. That's the hardest game that any of these two teams have to face. I think Brazil coming up here against South Korea or Brazil playing against uh, either Croatia or Japan after they come through this doesn't pose too much of a threat, which is why we have seen Brazil shorten its favourites for this competition. I don't think it's anything to do with their group performances, why they've gone from 4-1 to one to 5-2 to two plus 250. It's down to the fact that they have a very clear route to the semi-final. And as I said, I don't see too many problems here. But I think adding 1.5 goals to get this to 4-6 to six is a wise move. I think South Korea will try and keep it tight and cagey at the beginning, but ultimately I think Brazil will break through and it'll open up this game. Brazil have scored 29 goals across their 10 matches while they meet the South Korea team who have seen 8 goals scored across their last 2 matches in this World Cup. 4 meetings between these two sides since 2002 have featured 16 goals with a very relevant and recent game in June, which saw Brazil win by five goals to one. So we could see something similar here in this game. South Korea have scored in 12 of their last 13 games and have found the net in each of the last two games at the tournament, scoring twice in each. But they have conceded 13 goals across the last four meetings with Brazil. So they could be good for a goal here. But ultimately, I do see a 3-1, 4-1 convincing performance here from Brazil with um, Vinicius Jr. being a good shout to finally get his goal in this tournament. He has scored 10 times for Real Madrid in all competitions this season. And he's got an expected goals total of 0.6 so far in Qatar, having averaged 2.5 shots per game at the World Cup. I think he will break his duck. He is available at 19 to 10 to grab a goal here in this game. I do think this is the game he will get off the mark as Brazil march through this one and on to a potential semi-final against Argentina. I see no dangers here. I don't think South Korea are one of your live dogs in these final four games. But we'll move on to Tuesday 
where I see a team who definitely are. I'm talking about Morocco taking on Spain. Morocco are the six to one underdogs across 90 minutes, 14 to five on a draw, and Spain are the one to two favourites. The qualification odds see Spain at a very short one to five, with Morocco available here at seven to two. I think these are huge odds on Morocco. Spain, it's speculated, deliberately got themselves into this half of the draw, trying to avoid Croatia and then trying to avoid Brazil in the quarterfinal. They now face Morocco and then potentially uh, Portugal. Well, of course, Switzerland will have something to say about that before it's automatically the uh, the, the derby between Spain and Portugal that people think that they're going to see. Morocco are very, very difficult to beat. And historically, when teams deliberately try to do things to put themselves in easy halves of the draw, it hasn't always worked out. I think in playing Croatia, Spain would have faced the worst version of themselves. So they both play possession-based football. They both like to pass it around. They're both very technical. But Spain are better at it. Spain are the um, are the inventors of tiki-taka. Spain have higher-value players. Spain have younger players. Spain are a better version of Croatia in all areas. And here, coming up against Morocco, they face a very different prospect. They face a team who are very, very difficult to break down. They face a physical team. They face a team who didn't concede against Croatia or against Belgium. And the only goal they have conceded was via a goalkeeping mistake by the Canadian goalkeeper. They've conceded one goal so far in this tournament and have scored four. And I think the Spain are in for a long night. I like Morocco on the double chance market, 6-4 plus 150, to not lose this game across 90 minutes. And ultimately, I think Morocco are a live dog to qualify, especially when you look at the ease that the first four teams have qualified for in the first two days, all the favourites went through. I don't think Spain are going to have an easy time here. The difference between Spain and other teams like uh, an England or a France or, or a Brazil is the fact that when things aren't going their way, they have have world-class players who can produce a moment of quality. They have an Mbappe. When you're looking at Argentina, they have a Messi. When you're looking at other players across the world, someone like Robert Lewandowski and Haaland, they can produce a goal out of nothing. Spain have Morata. When they can't pass the ball around you, they have only Morata in the box. And when you're looking at Belgium, they didn't even have Lukaku on the pitch when they played him. They didn't have that outlet. When their passing game and their possession wasn't working against Morocco and they weren't able to break down a stubborn defensive low block, they didn't have anything. And in Morata, I would I would argue that Spain don't really have too much either. So if their predictable play doesn't work... Then, um, then Spain are going to be in trouble. I don't really like this this Spain team to go far in this tournament. I think their fullbacks are old and easy to get at. I don't think that the centre back pairings fill me with confidence. I think the goalkeeper is a disaster waiting to happen with him trying to always play with the ball at his feet. I think that they're going to struggle to break teams down at sitting here with a low block if Croatia didn't score and Belgium didn't score against this Morocco team. I don't understand how you have Spain as one to five favourites just because they smashed Costa Rica in their opening game. This Morocco team haven't lost a competitive game within 90 minutes since the 2018 World Cup. They're unbeaten in four games at this, they're beaten in three games, sorry, at this competition after winning two of their three group games and they held Spain to a 2 2 draw in 2018 and managed to, of course, beat Belgium to secure top spot. 
Spain have failed to win their, their last two games in this competition and they're starting to look defensively shaky. Now, we will see a different team. We will see a different backline, but ultimately, it's the same thing. It's Spain having all of the ball and trying to break down a stubborn Moroccan team who've only conceded one goal via a goalkeeping error. So I will take Morocco on the double chance market to at least make this a long night to Spain, long night for Spain. And I definitely like this physical and stubborn Morocco team to give Spain a real game here. And as a live dog at a huge price of 10 to 3, they have everything here to spring an upset. They have a stubborn defensive line and quality players on the pitch that can produce something with a moment of magic via a counter-attack or definitely via set-piece with the likes of uh, Hakam Ziyech delivering dangerous balls into the box. So every corner and every free kick is going to be a threat to Spain. As I said, I don't see how they arrived at this price. And I think Morocco are a very dangerous opponent for the Spanish here in this one. The final game we'll look at here is between Portugal and Switzerland, where once again, I think this is a dangerous game for the Portuguese. It's 10 to 11 on Portugal on the money line, 12 to 5 on the draw and 10 to 3 on Morocco. The qualification odds see Portugal as a 1 to 2 favourites and Switzerland as a 6 to 4 dog. Now, Switzerland are the, um, the smallest dog here on the slate. So I do think that does take away a little bit more of the value. I would like Switzerland if they're a little bit bigger, somewhere around three to one plus 300. But the bookies do see this as a close game and rightfully so. Switzerland narrowly lost to Brazil in the group stage. They beat Serbia 3-2. So they showed that they can play both styles of football. They can play attacking end-to-end stuff or they can sit back with a defensive low block and make it difficult for you to play. I don't know what we'll see from Switzerland here, but ultimately it will be a difficult game for Portugal. Uh, Portugal ended up having to qualify via the playoffs because they lost to Serbia in the group stage and Switzerland beat Serbia. Switzerland also knocked France out of the Euros. So if you're thinking that Portugal should be looking past this team and looking ahead to the quarterfinal, you're very, very much mistaken. Switzerland have no superstars, but they managed to put up a team effort, whereas Portugal have all superstars, but ultimately they're all in the shadow of Cristiano Ronaldo. And perhaps this will be the game where the manager looks at it and he realises that he cannot win this tournament relying on Ronaldo. He cannot continue to put Ronaldo in this position and automatically play around him when Portugal have other quality all over the pitch and enough quality to win this game. If we see the Portugal that we saw against Uruguay, Portugal get through. But if we see a pragmatic and hesitant and inconsistent version of Portugal, then Switzerland have a real chance here. Cristiano Ronaldo is not the answer. Portugal had the answers here in their team. And as I, had, as I said, perhaps this will be the game where he realises that he needs to change things to go through. In Cristiano Ronaldo, even at his peak, you have a player who has never scored a World Cup knockout goal. And you have a Portugal team who have never won a knockout game since 2016. Whereas this uh, Swiss team, they have the pedigree of knocking out France at the last Euros. This is a very, very dangerous game. I think my main selection here, once again, would be for both teams to score. It's difficult to see Portugal keeping a clean sheet. They've seen both teams score in two of their three games in Quetel. Portugal scoring all three, while Switzerland are fresh off a 3-2 thriller against the... Um, against the Serbia team that, as I said, put Portugal into the qualifiers for the World Cup by winning their group and by winning 2-1 away to Portugal. So this is a dangerous game. And I think there are some very dangerous games in this side of the draw. As I said, 
I think that Japan are a live dog. I think Morocco are a live dog. And I think Switzerland are very much a live dog as well. When you see four favourites advance in the first four games in a World Cup that really hasn't been that way, you have to think that the underdogs are going to bark here in these final four games. So if you are a favourite backer and you like all the favourites here, I would tread very, very carefully. There are at least two dangerous games here on this side of the draw. And if you're just automatically looking at Brazil going up against Croatia and Portugal automatically going up against Spain, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. You've got that on the other side of the draw. You've got your Argentina-Holland game. This is a revenge game from 2014. Louis van Gaal exited the World Cup in 2014 at the hands of Argentina on a penalty shootout. This is a manager who's undefeated in the World Cup. He's never lost a game. That game that he lost against Argentina on penalties will count as a draw. You've got that big game between England and France something that I picked out at the start of the tournament. A bad matchup for England when you're looking at someone like Kylian Mbappe going up against Harry Maguire. But ultimately, you do have your dream side of the draw. Everybody has come through. Will you get that here once again? Will you get Brazil going up against the World Cup finalists from, from 2018 in Croatia? Will you get that um, that Mediterranean derby between uh, Spain and Portugal that everybody wants to see? I'm not too sure you will. I think you have some very, very dangerous games here on this side of the draw. And the next two days are going to be very, very interesting to say the least. We've also seen no half-time draws here. A trend that you could have backed blindly to massive profits with um, with 24 nil-nils in the in the group stage. Suddenly, we haven't seen any. We've seen some late goals in the first half that have blown that. Late goal by Messi. A late goal for England through Jordan Henson. A very, very late goal from Olivier Giroud. So perhaps that will be a trend that comes back to life in these final four games. Some very, very interesting stuff to look for in the next two days. But ultimately, I do feel that if you're somebody who backed every single underdog, other than the Brazil game, if you backed the underdogs in the games where you see Spain going up against Morocco, Japan going up against Croatia and Switzerland coming up against Portugal. I do think you'll break even at the very least. I do feel that at least one of these teams will go through. I don't think we're going to see a World Cup quarterfinals where we have eight favourites sitting there. But ultimately, never say never because the World Cup was so weird. This World Cup was so weird during the group stage. Perhaps the ultimate normalisation of what we saw would be for eight favourites to go through to the quarterfinals. And that in itself wouldn't be normal at all in a bizarre twist of irony. But we'll be back on Thursday to talk about it all as we preview the quarterfinal stage. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.